this week on Transmissions from the Dark Side. Racism. Pirates. It's just the first five minutes of the life of Brian, guys. Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side. My name is Jen Hansen, one of your hosts, where we are going through every episode of seminal 80s horror anthology Tales from the Dark Side. Today with me, as every day, are my two best Matts, Matt Noss and Matt Rose. Gentlemen, how are you? I am well. I'm fine. Yeah. Whoa. What a hot ep. Hot. This. <laughs> Definitely oh. a product of its time. Yeah. I, oh, I guys, I don't I don't even know if I can say that. It's <laughs> it's a product of at least 20 years before. This is comparable to Jerry Lewis. Yeah, in the day the clown died. <laughs> <laughs> What a stinker, Jen, <laughs> Matt. How did we get through this one? I, I, we had to pause it. In the first act, we had to pause it like four or five times. Yeah, this is this is an an unfortunate episode. And I wonder if we should we should actually start talking about what the the episode is first before we start analyzing this one. This is gonna be a tough one to get through. This is oof. yeah. But the episode we watched today uh, is called Seymour Llama, and as is customary on this show, uh, we each make a prediction of what we think the episode will be about based on title alone, because we are very brave. And also, we ask you to do the same thing with the Dark Side Guest. Yeah! Yeah! Matt, you want to talk about the Dark Side Guest? Yes, we allow you, our faithful listeners, the opportunity to win a $10 gift certificate to Amazon. And all you need to do is follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash T from the dark side, and render your guess on our weekly post. And uh, we choose the winner, and we will announce the winner later in the show. You gotta listen to win, You gotta folks. spin to win. You, you gotta, gotta listen to you win. You gotta spin the choice. And choice the spin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who would like to uh, give their prediction for the episode, Seymour Lama? I see, I see Matt like warming up over there. So go ahead, Matt. Seymour okay. Lama was a Sha Na Na cover band, <laughs> but when a deal at the crossroads goes sideways, he who's gonna end up Shama Lama Ding Dong dead? <laughs> Very nice. That I like. I like yours. Mine is Seymour Lama. A Vegas nightclub called Seymour Land has its sign tampered with by a Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like yours too. Thank you. Seymour uh, Lama. Detective Bill Seymour Lama is hot on the case. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> hot on the case of a grave robber, but what he doesn't know is that a necromancer has been resurrecting corpses for his ever-growing criminal empire. Oh, that's good. I'd watch that. I'd way watch that more than i'd watch this yeah i this oh man 
I, I don't I don't know how we're gonna talk about this episode without resorting to racist tropes. Oh well, let's see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> because unfortunately, unfortunately, none of those descriptions were correct. So Jen, hit us up with them sweet deeds. All sweet right, deeds. sweet deeds. We watched Seymour Llama, which is season four, episode eight. This episode aired November 15th, 1987. Here is the description from IMDb. On a bitter cold night, Henry and Ellen Strand's home is visited by exotic Himalayan strangers who claim that son Seymour Strand has been chosen to replace the recently deceased Lama of their faraway country, Lo Pu. This episode was directed by Bruce Dolan. Bruce Dolan has one credit, which is directing Seymour Land. Seymour Lama. <laughs> yeah, I like that you worked your own guess yeah, yeah. back into he, it. He's not listed for directing this. He's just... Um, this episode was written by Harvey Jaco. Nope. By Harvey Jacobs. Sorry, this episode's giving me a script. <laughs> we all smell toast. <laughs> the, gas, the, the gas leak is in full effect. Uh, Harvey Jacobs wrote episodes of Tales from the Dark Side, including The Grave Robber, A New Lease on Life, Comet Watch, and the also racist It All Comes Out in the, the wash. wash. If it involves an Asian stereotype. You know we're looking to Harvey Jacobs. <laughs> uh, this episode starred Divine, the drag queen Divine, as Ambassador Chi Fung. This says Chia Fung. What was it? Uh, I thought it was Chai Fung, but Chi Fung, Chai Fung, whatever. Okay. Like they care. Right. Uh, Divine, a staple in the uh, John Waters um, chorale of of actors. Uh, Who who was also the just a paycheck actor in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) I thought thought Divine was kind of bringing something to it for what it was. Divine. Divine did the best he could with what he had. Divine knew yes. that this was bullshit. Yeah. And just was like, well, let's lean into it, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Divine famous for Pink Flamingos, Mondo Trasho, Polyester, Female Trouble, uh, and Hairspray. Died um, from uh, sleep apnea. Oh what? Yeah. Uh, died uh, from a, a heart att- a combination of a heart attack and sleep apnea um, in 1988 at the age of 42. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a bummer. Episode also starred J.D. Roth as Oof. Seymour, the Seymour and Seymour Llama. J.D. Roth, a name that will make my friends Matt scream... And give us a high five and go in the fun house. <laughs> fun house. Uh, he does a lot of um, reality TV yeah, production now. He oh, he's a he's a producer of Bar Rescue. Oh no! Yes, oh, that's yes, right. he is. Seventy six right. episodes. Because the the episode of Bar Rescue that you like to show anyone that comes over your house. Yeah. The pirate episode. Yeah. Um, I noticed J D. Roth as one of the producers, and I think I even said J D. Roth, and you said. Who's that? Yeah. And then I was like, fun hut. Eh, never mind. Yeah. Uh, he's also produced My Cat from Hell, The Biggest Loser, 
Uh, my cat from hell? My yeah, cat from it's, hell. It's like um, Dog Whisperer, oh, only okay. with cats. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> to catch a contractor? <laughs> oh. Kingin with Tyga? I... <sighs> okay. Okay. Funniest wins? Hungry investors? Forever young? Roseanne's nuts? <laughs> Texas women? I used to be fat. Hair Battle Spectacular, Heartland Thunder, The OCD Project, Beverly Hills Groomer. So Jamie <laughs> Roth is fucking loaded. He is. Yeah, he's doing great. Um, Breaking shows... Bonaducci. Oh, oh he, yeah. he brought us Breaking Bonaducci. Because these shows have to cost nothing yeah. to produce. But if one of them hits, which yeah. he's had. He said, yeah. He's had a lot uh, of hits. Bar Rescue and um, the weight loss ones. What was the wasn't he biggest also, loser? Biggest loser. Yeah, that's a huge hit. Yeah, and I thought he was in the Bachelor world. Oh, uh, he minute. could be. Well, uh, thought, Secret Bachelor was, is on here. I thought he was also somehow related to one of the like fucking MTV contest shows where it's like yes, he he did the uh, pickup artist. Oh my god, oh, he shit, did the pickup yeah. artist. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you got a peacock. <laughs> First you got a neg, then you got a peacock. Oof. You gonna you need a wingman for tonight's poon hunt? Oh God. Hey. I, I know about I know about this guy because of uh, uh, a guy at work used to. He he pretended that it was just as a bit that he was super into the pickup artist, but I also think he was just into the pickup artist. Uh, well Matt knows a surprising amount about the pickup I, artist. Okay, okay. <laughs> Full transparency. In 2005, mm-hmm. I bought a, and I don't have it anymore. I don't know where it is. I bought a tape series about how to double your dating. Okay. David D'Angelo uh, was the name of the pickup artist. Okay. But what I found out through listening to it is that it was much more about getting yourself together okay. than it was about, yes, they talked about negging. Yes, they talked about that stuff, but it was always much more like he was like, hey, yeah, can you do this and and bang chicks? If that's what you want and that's all you want, Mm -hmm. you're you're done. You're done here. You can probably use some of these tricks and tactics. But he was like, but it ended up like I started to read about all these things. And for a minute there, I was into learning about it. But in practice, it was never it was so counter to who I was yeah. as a person. That Just go it was, up and ask a woman for her number. Yeah. Well, it was like, yeah, it would be like, um, do you have email? Yes. <laughs> Great. Just write it down here. Like, that's what they yeah. would do. Oh. Like, no. <laughs> it would never be like, yes, no questions. Yeah. You know, like, close the deal, close, close the, the deal. deal. Get that puss. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that puss. <laughs> Yeah, but yes, I uh, so mystery. But I never read the game that Neil Strauss book. The game I don't, I don't know the difference between all the pickup artists. Oh yeah, so like they were, oh boy, guys, we'll do the Pua, <laughs> okay, <laughs> the Pua cast. Ah, uh, let's move on. Dot org. Okay. <laughs> 
Kathleen Doyle uh, was the mother in this episode. Now, I could swear that I've seen her before. Uh, she played Ellen Strand. Uh, she was in an episode of Jessica Jones. Uh, oh, that might be that might be. Family name. Man, Mighty Aphrodite. Uh, she was in The Body Snatchers. Uh, a most violent year. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> did you see her in that? I did not. Did you see her in The Elf Who Didn't Believe? <laughs> did you see her in The Cosby Mysteries? <laughs> she was on Night Court. Did you see her on that? I, that it's possible. Okay. Yeah, she's in the theme. <laughs> oh, she was on two episodes of Brett Maverick. One of the best parts of this podcast is discovering all of these TV shows that I have never, never heard, heard of. of. Yeah. Oh, she was in the pilot episode of Skag. S K A G. Skag. Built by IKEA, made for IKEA. Skag. <laughs> oh, Roots the Next Generation. That was about white people. Uh, <laughs> David Gale. David Gale played uh, played the father, uh, Henry Strand. David Gale uh, was uh, Dr. Hill in Reanimator. Mm -hmm. And I had uh, misattributed uh, that role to whoever the actor was in Comet, Comet Watch. Watch. And um, I mean, it wasn't just you. I, w I also went full steam ahead with saying that that was him. Yeah. So Sean that caught that one. Sean right? did catch that yeah, thing. He did. Thank you, he Sean. Yeah. Loved him in that. He died after uh, complications from um, open heart surgery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Well, he Sorry. Also from open heart <laughs> surgery. Oh. Yeah. He watched this episode and yeah. was like, get this thing off of my body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on being typecast as villains, he said, there's a presence I bring with me to the set. And one of the reasons I don't do a lot of mainstream work is because I'm too much of a character. And I can't do anything about that unless a plastic surgeon cuts my chin off. I am who I am, and that's a powerful statement. Good for him. Good for him. Mm -hmm. And Kathy Lipinski played, played Madame, Madame Wu. Wu. Or Madame Wu, yeah. Madame Wu. Uh, this is Kathy Lipinski's only film credit. Guys, man lives in the sunlit world of what he believes to be reality, okay? But there is, unseen by most, an underworld. It's a place that's just as real, but it's not as brightly lit. It's a dark side. Oh, is it a dark it's side? It's a dark side. The uh, door guys, do we have to open the door? <laughs> <laughs> Let me check. Yeah, they left it open. Uh, the door from the dark side swings wide open. And it's the exterior of a house with some air supply playing. It's a snowy night in middle America. <sighs> we pan to the right to a window. We zoom in tight on this window where we meet the father character for the first time who utters this line. Ugh, what a godforsaken night. <laughs> He's also chomping on a lolly and wearing a Navajo blanket. Yeah. <laughs> the intro... It is hard for Tales from the Dark Side to surprise you with insanity. 
after <laughs> after four after seasons, four after seasons, this long, you kind of finding new. You're kind of like, well, I'm gonna be fine. Yeah, this show doesn't give up on its craziness. No, not at all. Like once again, another hardcore tales opener. If the faithful listener, if this is your first episode, let me just tell you, Tales from the Dark Side is like Black Mirror without a budget. It it's insane from start to finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some episodes super tight. Most of them not eh. super tight. A little looser. But some episodes are so gonzo bananas crazy that they become good. Yes. This is not this, this is, is not, not one, one of those. This is not one of those episodes. This is just gonzo crazy period. It oof. Yeah. This mm. This episode begins. We hear this guy talk and I'm I'm He's acting for the back row. I'm mm-hmm. dumbfounded. He's like, "Oh, what a godforsaken night." He sounds like he's doing a bad Schwarzenegger yes. impression. <laughs> So we learn a little bit about everybody in the family. Dad collects baseball cards. Mom sits. And reads about. And reads. Oh, what was the magazine called? I wrote it down. Uh, well, she's talking about water, water skiing and yeah. Acapulco. She's reading a magazine with the title Traven, Travel hyphen holiday. <laughs> Travel hyphen holiday oh, magazine. Have you picked up the latest copy of Travel hyphen Holiday? Oh, well, I was going to read Travel Plus Leisure, but... Uh, <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, it's... Travel hyphen holiday is a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even bother putting words in. <laughs> it doesn't take long for me to realize that I better take my fucking tongue. <laughs> you just jam it right in the no, fucking cheek. Jam that son of a bitch into my side of my cheek. As hard as I can. Because we're going to get some giggles with our scares tonight. Uh, <laughs> what was this episode? This wasn't even like giggles this, with scares. This, this was, and it wasn't. It the was the just, only time that my jaw dropped was not out of fear, but out of just utter racism. Well, just, yeah, just, yeah, just utter shock at the racism involved in this episode. It was it, your jaw dropped out of disappointment for your fellow man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought I remember us being better as a species. <laughs> okay. Oy, oy. Let, let's just pause talking about this episode in terms of going through the plot, mm-hmm. which is whisper thin and is... <laughs> And is basically a joke told by your uncle at a party. Yeah. <laughs> How is this an episode of Tales from the Dark it's, Side? It, I have no idea. There is zero there is zero dark side anything in this episode. There is no There's nothing supernatural. There's nothing super is it because they say hell in the beginning of the episode? Is it because there's like a a religion involved and, and there was something exotic about That's the only thing I can think of. Which that's that's fairly offensive then. It it is um is it because yeah. we wrote the mysterious East on the script? Oh god. I, it, it, I... All right, so 
Time in. Time in. And here comes Nerdlinger. <laughs> Seymour. I'm, I, I'm glad that you did Seymour. that. Seymour. Because I called him Nerdlinger later in yeah. the episode. At one point, the dad goes, Pete Rose, which made me think of the state, <laughs> state sketch. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Rose, what? <laughs> that sketch is terrible, too. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Um, he comes down. He's he is wearing an archetypal nerd nerd fit. He's got the the horn rim glasses with the tape on them. He's wearing he's, an you know the hot sweater. for teacher video. <gasps> oh, Melvin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One million percent. Yes. Clothing piece by clothing piece. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. And he's carrying. Yarn and knitting needles, and like a tray. I don't remember what was on the tray. Wasn't it like I don't know, milk and sauerkraut or some dumb fucking thing? Like it. They're the foods I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like Roomba. When you think about it, he kind of sounded like a Roomba. Oh God! Hey Seymour. Yes. Um. I was wondering what you were going to be doing this weekend. Well, it's Saturday night, so you know me. Time to knit and have a tall glass of sauerkraut. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, are you going to be hanging with your parents? No, just jerking off in the bathroom. <laughs> if my mom ever gives up her copy of Travel Minus Holiday. <laughs> Travel Minus Holiday? Yeah, it's travel minus holiday. She thinks it's travel hyphen holiday. It's travel minus holiday. It's about taking trips when it's not a holiday. <laughs> so does does this magazine have pictures of like women in it or? <laughs> what did you say? Travel minus holiday, a magazine about the off season. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, this. Fi- okay, this father looks at his son with the most disappointment. But also, David Gale is a big, gangly, nerdy fucker himself. I know. I why didn't they? Why didn't they get some some you know butchy dude? Yeah, I think I, I think it's again because is it supposed to be a gag? It's I really think it was be. because it's it was you take your f- chin, grab your <laughs> oh, I'm goddamn so sorry. Okay, tongue, I'm doing it. I'm you doing it. shove Ow! it into your chin. Ow! <laughs> God, it's funny. It's laughing. <laughs> Everything hurts from Everything the laughter. It's so funny. Why are you crying? Because <laughs> I'm laughing. So, David Gale's character. Starts laying into Seymour, and it's like, it's Friday night. Well, I was in my prime. I was out there basically poon hunting. Yeah, it was prime hunting season. Cock a doodle doo. And then he does an amazing chicken dance. Chicha, chicha, ha, ha, cuckoo kacha, cuckoo kacha. That is not how chickens sound. <laughs> uh. Uh, so then there's just more family banter, and it's stupid, and who gives a shit? 
I did want to bring up one thing that the dad was a birther on his own son <laughs> <laughs> because he was like, I, I, I really, you know, I would like to see some documentation that you are actually my son because no son of mine would be home on a Friday knitting. You're a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> no son of mine would be home on a Friday when there's coos to drink. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'd be coozing, you be snoozing. Right. <laughs> I like to call your mom the cock coozie. <laughs> I just put my dick in there and it can rest all day. It keeps it ice cold. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Faithful listener. Again, the the jokes that we just made, if they could have made them, they would have. Yeah. <sighs> Why does the dad and the son, they kind of have a nerd off. Yeah, they're... Uh, because well, the dad is go- super into baseball cards. Yeah, I... And and the son's not into baseball cards. He's into knitting, and the son's You're like, into pictures of people wearing weird uniforms. It's just a dumb picture. So it's, of people holding well, bats. Okay, and so he knitted the sweater his dad is wearing, and then the mom points out, "You're wearing one of his sweaters," and he says something that doesn't make sense. What where did it he was say? like. It was like, well, th- that's for cold weather, and I'm too warm, or something, where it was like, why are you wearing this sweater? And you were just talking about how cold it is outside. What? So it's like they needed to establish tension between father and son. But they had already established it. Well, then they had to beat it to death. Don't worry. You know how we're going to do this? Let's, uh, let's show everybody what a gun looks like. <laughs> Fido, yeah, Fido. Oh God! God. Hey, Dad, the dog's dead. Oh yeah, it died like a month Month ago. ago. I think the dog committed suicide. Oof. (sighs) Guys, I don't know if these two are ever going to get along. (laughs) Wait a minute. Do you mean that these, this father and son duo, they're just at odds with each other? You're no son, you're no son of mine. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, are you cracking out rock? Yeah. He <laughs> just wanted to sing it. Another classic father-son song. <laughs> I remember when we were young, Dad. We and Susie had so much fun. That is our- your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Chiming in, yeah, just coming to the microphone. He's over here, most yeah. (laughs) That is your mom, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. That was you in the night, (laughs) that was you as a child. (laughs) You could not speak. Uh, and then there's how, how, how door. (laughs) We play an episode of how door. Well, no, first we have to play an episode of how window. Where oh, he's up yeah. by the window and he's looking out. Are you, are you expecting a delivery? Well, uh, and she says some thing Stupid like thing. she ordered a I don't know a Nordic track or yeah. something. Um, 
And then I think that's when there's a knock at the door. Or no, he says hello. Uh, he hears hello um, from outside before they're he even hears at a the woman's door. voice say hello. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I think that's when there's a knock. And then they're, they're sitting there trying to figure out if it's a trap or not. Or a murderer. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, people come to doors and they act like a woman and then you open it and they kill you. That's a thing, I guess. I Right. Okay, cool. So now we could have a stranger situation. Yeah. We're back in the dark side in my mind. Ooh. And then they open the door eventually. So there's a knock eventually, on the door. Eventually there's some comedy. There's a yeah, right. Real real comedy really mm-hmm. built rationing it up tension. JD Roth is like, "Man, I can't wait to produce Funhouse. I can't <laughs> can't wait to meet Tiny." And high five and double team those twin cheerleaders. Yeah, those cheerleaders. Okay, and wear some British knights. God. And the door opens. <laughs> or yesterday's news. <laughs> yesterday's news jeans. <laughs> some get used. Uh, I did, the only reason why I remembered that is because uh, <laughs> I had a pair in seventh grade. That's that's why I remembered. Anyway, so they open the door and wind blows it like way open and then you just see two giant figures that look kind of like Bigfoots. Here come the Sherpas! And scene. Act break. Act break. We'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. John gathers the staff to confront their pirate fantasy with some harsh reality. Hi guys. My name is John Taffer. For the next five days you work for me. Fixing bars is easy. Fixing people is tough. You guys are pouring drinks that people are complaining about. You're serving food that people can't eat. And she's sinking because of it. Your smirk is going to bury you. You think it's funny that she's in debt $900,000? No, it's not funny at all. That's good to hear. There is a grown man yelling at the top of his lungs at people who aren't children. You're dressed like a six-year-old child. I wouldn't talk about that. I don't like an arrogant ass. I am one. Let him push me too far. We'll see. I do this professionally for a living. And if he thinks this is a get-up a six-year-old will wear, it makes me angry. Get some rest. You guys are going to need it. We're going to turn this into a money machine. He's going to make me put on a shirt and a tie. No. It's a pirate bar. You don't like it, get the f*** out. Spike's Bar Rescue, Sundays at 9, premiering July 29th on Spike. Oh. Oh, just, just thinking about those shrimp tacos they made. It is such a good episode. <laughs> that doesn't even touch on Juiciano. No, it does not in any way. So here, uh, faithful listener, uh, we're back. Our good friend here, Jen Hansen. If you've known her and have been in her home once. Hello, welcome. Have a seat. Can I get you something to drink? Here, while you're waiting, let's watch this episode of Bar, Bar Rescue. Rescue. <laughs> that is truly how it goes. My, yes. w- my wife's first time over at your house. <laughs> and she and you're like, <laughs> yes. And she's like, yeah, we're going to watch this episode of Bar Rescue. <laughs> and she was dumbfounded by it. Yeah. So the episode is about a place in Baltimore. So the premise of Bar Rescue okay. is uh, uh, basically like a 
a restaurant show. Who's the Gordon Ramsay who goes in? Right, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, Hell's Kitchen. It's kind of like that. Or uh, yeah, uh, uh, Nightmare Kitchen. Uh, yeah, I think Kitchen is Nightmares. Yeah. Um, so he, John Taffer, is a li- uh, lifestyle expert. He he's a restaurant restaurant tour. I guess who, who focuses on bar. Like no, he honestly has. He does. Yeah. All right. So he goes into failing bars. Failing bars are nominated. He goes in and he will strip the place down and give it a new concept and train the staff and uh, make it a money-making machine. So this bar, Matt, how do you describe? So yeah, so this is in uh, Baltimore, s- suburban, Baltimore, yeah, or a suburb of Baltimore, in the business district, in the business, in the business district. district, yeah. And it is a pirate-themed bar called Pirate's Tavern, with a Z. And two A's. And two A's. Oof. Run by... <sighs> the saddest woman alive. I just want to play the entire episode on the podcast <laughs> right now. Of ta- instead <laughs> of continuing to talk about our episode. It's the ultimate Peter Pan fantasy. Is <laughs> her description of the bar. Okay. Homework, dear listener, <laughs> go watch the episode of Pirates. Go on our Facebook page. We will make a we will make a separate thread. Yeah, just to talk, talk about, about this Pirates episode. Tavern. Oh, it's so good, and she looks so sad, and she's married to a she man. She was married to Juiciano, right? She was yes. She's married to Juiciano. They're like a million dollars in debt, living in her mother's basement, and Juiciano is just um, Tommy Wiseau's Tommy Wiseau. cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and is turning out terrible food, and John Tafford is yelling at him, and Giussiano is saying, the food is good, asshole. He doesn't <laughs> know. what. No, the food is good. Uh, and, and, and Taffer's like, well, then eat it. Yeah. He's like, I don't eat the food. Uh, no, I never eat the food. I don't need this. Okay, last comment <laughs> about this episode of Bar Rescue. <laughs> it's not, but okay, continue. <laughs> My last comment. For now. About this episode <laughs> is they go to the woman and she goes, I opened this place after I had a successful pirate themed party. Yes. <laughs> Which leads me to believe that this Juiciano guy showed up <laughs> at this party. They hooked up. She came once <laughs> and was like, this is my life now. Yeah. <laughs> This is my life now. So everyone in this bar, it's a garbage, <laughs> it's a it's a garbage bar. Hit us up, Facebook.com. They're all wearing pirate stuff. But They're none of them none of them, none of them had server experience no. before this. Guys, none we didn't even them, get to the grog. Yeah, I was just gonna get there. That none of them even know how to mix a drink. Are no. we pulling the stopper? <laughs> <laughs> only, if, only if we can completely talk about this episode for the rest of the show. But we, okay, we have no, to, okay, we, we'll we, we, we have to get a little bit further in because I really want to hear what you guys had to say about Divine. Guys, if we had a separate Bar Rescue podcast... <laughs> it would just be about this episode everywhere. No, because they're all great. I mean, this is a special one right. because of the pirates. Because like, every element of this episode is perfect. But <laughs> I, Bar Rescue is a special, special program. God, I wish I was watching it right now. 
Do you, want Matt, do you want Matt to put it on the TV and back him No, because then I won't, I won't pay, pay attention. attention. Yeah. Right, we need to get through this. Unfortunately, the the uh, <laughs> the Dietrich fur coats that were at the front door uh, house Divine and Madam Woo. 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 All right, we're at it. They are dr- they are dressed like stereotypes. Oh, a thousand percent. What? Because it's not even like this is the this is. I don't even know where these outfits are from, but let's talk about it. Yeah, it's not like they're just dressed like Sherpas or something. Right, even, right. As soon know? as they take off those jackets, it's off to the races in. It's like the statue of some emperor you'd see in a Chinese restaurant. They're dressed like a Chinese restaurant. Yes. Yeah. They're not wearing the clothes of Red, the people who... Red silk brocade. Well, right. Not silk, but yeah. Right. Red... Shiny fabric. Shiny... F- <laughs> Raylon. Yes. <laughs> Shiny, flammable yeah. fabric. <laughs> All right. So they take off these fur coats, and we see Divine for the first time. And Divine's first line is... Because the 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 mom sees that they're coming in from the snow. Mm-hmm. The floor is getting wet with snow, and she's like, I just had that floor waxed. <laughs> she, because that's what she has to look forward to, yeah. besides reading <laughs> Travel Minus Holiday. <laughs> and Divine says... Thousands, thousands of, of pardons. pardons, but says it racist. And I couldn't even make my mouth form the way I'm not going to do it. Thank I'm you. Not, I I'm threw my pen yeah. into the air like, God damn it. Here we are. <laughs> thousands of pardons. <clears throat> Matt, I'm assuming you were going to ask us. What does divine look like oh, to you? All right. I had I had a couple things, but I'm going to go with my first one. He looked like Ming the Merciless by way of superstar Billy Graham. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> that's so good. What do you got, Jen? I have uh, looks like one of those inflatable kids boxing things with a clown on it, but with the voice of Cartman. <laughs> All right, Matt. What do you got? I wrote... Divine looks like they chose the cheapest Oriental trading company outfit they could get overnight. Because <laughs> nothing looks prop real. No. He's wearing the Fu Manchu. Mm-hmm. He's, he's bald. But it might as well be cardboard. Like, it might as well be yeah. cut out of construction paper. Oh, yeah. This is like we took a cotton ball. And we just stretched it with other cotton balls. Yeah, <laughs> the, and it's it's hokey, and his accent is who knows what that offensive. accent is. He knows how offensive. Divine knows yes how offensive his accent is, and so was having fun with it. And I will say in Defi- in Divine's like defense. That I think Divine was having fun with this episode, and I think kind of if, if anybody could sell anything, this is a terrible episode. But I think Divine was doing Divine does the whole with what he had. thing yeah. with a wink and a yes. smile, not like not like my man uh, G- Gray in uh, Remo Williams. Yeah, <laughs> Joel Gray, Joel oh, Gray, in yeah. Remo Williams. Oof. Um, Chive. 
Chai Fung is Divine's name. And Madame Wu sees Seymour and makes a beeline for him. We did not describe Madame Wu. She is just, she is hostess at the Chinese restaurant, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's ancient Chinese secret. They, there are so many stereotypes about Asians in this episode. Yeah. That they really, they gave her no speaking lines mm-hmm. in this whole episode. Uh, no, I think she had a speaking line at the very, very end. Well, let's see when we get there. Then she, and also the subservient shit. Oh, yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's very uncomfortable. Especially, there's another part before we get to the next act break that I want to dive into so she is she is all over so so, okay so so they come in they are there to see seymour because he is the next llama right he's going to be seymour llama we've we lost our last llama she shoo sha Fing Feng Foom. your face when i said that because that that is legitimately what the name was And just your face, because you just looked at me, and for like just for a second, I could see all respect for humanity in your face just evaporate, and you went completely gray, and then it came back. But like, all right, story time, Uncle Manny, story time. Oh God. So I'm no stranger to uh, not knowing anything about Asia. Okay. Yes, that's true. And I don't know if you know this story, Jen. But when I was a kid, there was a show that was also equally um, culturally sensitive called Hong Kong Fooey. Yes. And yeah. Man Carruthers. I was about six or seven years old. I think you were younger than that. Might have been younger, but I'm going to say I'm six. Mm-hmm. And I see Asian people for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. And I run up to them. And, well, I look at my mom and I go, I know how to talk to them. And I run right up to them and I go, Hong Kong, Ching Chong. I can imagine that as soon as you said that your mom started reaching for you and you just got away before she slipped could grab you. Yeah, you just slipped between her fingers before she could grab you. And be like, don't do it, Matt. <laughs> I wonder during that time how many Asian people had to deal with that particularly. That kind of shit. Yeah, uh, like well, the ho- well, no, but like kids I, I, thinking I think, that I, is how. I think they still do, but I, no, I mean, but I mean, when Hong Kong Fui was, was popular yeah, yeah. with a little kid, <clears throat> so I, I can't I, imagine you were alone. I said it like. That's huh? the secret password, right? Now yeah. we can talk. Like, they're going to say Hong Kong Ching Chong back, back to me. To yeah. And that we're friends for life? <laughs> I don't know what... I had no end game here. <laughs> there was no strategy. But how awkward I feel now mm-hmm. telling that story is how awkward this episode was. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think this episode had the innocence of a child. <laughs> <laughs> No, this was written by like an adult who right. knew better. 
I mean, I think I think they were also inspired by Hong Kong Fui, but so they are telling the story of what happened to oh what happened to the last llama about the last llama's passing, and so Divine is is painting this picture with words, and standing next to him is Madame Wu, just doing. ESL for crazy children. Yep. Well, well, first she has to stop pretending to go down on. Oh, Seymour. that's right. Oh, yes. She, she, yeah, it was. So she she walks up to him and immediately starts kneeling down. <clears throat> and so <laughs> you just turned to us and you go, "She gonna suck his dick?" Mm-hmm. And like you see they, his they, face, they framed the shot like he yeah, was, and you see warm. his face, and he was just like, "Huh." <gasps> And then you and see she's kissing gift. his foot. And at this moment, I was like, I didn't see this in Coon Dune. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it's pronounced, right? Yeah, that's right. <sighs> Isn't it? I could cut this part. So K-U-N-D-U-N. Yeah. I think it's Coon Dune. Yes. Yeah. It's the movie about the Dalai Lama. Yeah. Oh, God, I didn't even remember that movie. Yeah. It's a sh- it's a reach. <laughs> oh Guess it's getting cut. <laughs> I liked it. So she's she kisses his feet, comes up, gets called over by um, no. She continues kissing him. Oh, that's oh, right. And she's... he's like, "Stop it!" Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. We yeah. have to do idiot charades. <laughs> <laughs> if I may venture a pun, no, you can't. No. And, and um, the mom offers them tea, mm-hmm. and is like, I will take the customary glass of tea. Yeah. She comes out with this tea service way too fast. Yes. Like, they might as well see unless, a stagehand pass Unless they already had it ready to go before they ever got there. And it's very generous, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way this bitch drinks that much tea. <laughs> so... Telling the story and her doing this ASL thing, standing next to Divine. So she's just, I don't know how to explain this other than I hated it. He, so he would say something like, his spirit passed into the breeze. Oh, in the year of the frog. And then she like makes a leaping motion. Uh, The great Shi Shin Sha passed on to the next life and then she would make like flap her arms yeah she would flap her arms like those make, like, things was, like, at the car dealerships cooking. yes it is it is charades by a person who doesn't know how charades works yeah. and has to is going with the first thing it's like there was no rehearsal for this no this was this, this was one bit take. was just thrown at her yeah. She was standing next to Divine probably for the whole thing, and the director was like, hey, just add some stuff to it. And you know that the, the, the whole crew was like, this is fucking funny. <sighs> oh, man, this is funny. Like, we did I am this. not convinced of that at all, man. <laughs> no, I know in my heart of hearts... They thought this was hilarious. Maybe it was. Was this hilarious in 87? I don't think it was. I I don't know, man. I don't. I Would this have made you laugh? We haven't done this for a while. Would you have laughed at this episode 
in when did this air? 87? 87, 88. Or yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. November 87, right? Yeah, I think it's I'm November 10 years old. And, you're ten, and we're all 10 years old. No, I don't think Maybe. 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 I, I, I would love to say that I was a big person who could uh, see how unjust this was, but I was also four years prior running up to people going to <laughs> Hong Kong, <laughs> Ching Chong. So I'm going to say I'm probably going to laugh at this. So now it's gift time. Okay. Well, wait. Before that... The dad insults Seymour somehow. Oh, yeah. And what's his name? Chai F- Ch- Chi Fung pulls out a scimitar and says that he will eviscerate him. A scimitar is a Middle Eastern weapon. Bim Salabim, motherfucker. <laughs> Seriously. Like... And, and it's not even a real scimitar. It, it was cut out of sheet metal. It was such... <laughs> it was a metal shop project from one of the like stagehands kids okay so <laughs> you know that they went to the lawrence of arabia prop show yes for for extras <laughs> that were a hundred yards away right I'm like looks like a scimitar to me <laughs> but they were like how much for this one the one that was close up oh to rent that for a day is a thousand dollars nope how uh, much is <laughs> this one two bucks you're gonna have it it's if you can fix it. <laughs> the handle keeps coming off. <laughs> but it comes with a curse. <laughs> but the Frogurt also- is also cursed. <laughs> but it also comes with a Frogurt. The Frogurt is also cursed. That's bad. Can I go now? <laughs> That's good. Uh, the Frogurt contains <laughs> potassium benzoate. That's bad. Can I go home now? <laughs> All right. They it, uh, when is the next act break? It's it's, it's very it's 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 soon. We're, this we is where we get to the gifts and with the privileged yak droppings, with the final breath of the former lava llama in a Ziploc bag for freshness. Yeah, uh, the of course. the the rice from the first season after the llama died. And then recipes um, for the rice. And then just, yeah, that recipes for the rice. And then a bunch of jewels. Um, and then um, uh, Nerdlinger says that he's heard of uh, of Lo Poo before. That's near Tibet. And that's when um, uh, Chi Fung basically grabs him and he was like, it's nowhere near there. Oh, it was it was so they could make a joke that they were reformed. One was reformed and one, and one was, was orthodox. orthodox. Yeah, that's. Oh, Oof. Um, so th- you, you hear how that didn't work in this room. <laughs> that's how it plays, guys. Uh, so then he starts going over all the benefits of being the new llama. Um, you wear you and your betrothed wear silk every day. You bathe in the finest yak, yak milk. milk a 10% discount, discount at, at all, all bazaars oof you'll be able to give a high five and go into the fun house <laughs> <laughs> this episode sucks so the thing is they take the pirate bar and john taffer <laughs> turns it into like it's like Where a very is business the bar <laughs> 
Where's the hatch break? Madam Wu and Nerdlinger go up to his room. And they totally bone. And they totally bone. Yeah, yeah. Divine says it's time for the dance of the stubborn adolescent. And then he invites her upstairs to see his Beatles records. And they clearly go upstairs and fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what she's there for. That's what Madame Wu is there for. <laughs> Ancient Chinese secret is just to fuck this kid. She's a concubine. She's subservient. She's bad at charades. Bad at charades. He goes upstairs like Louis Skolnick, and then in the next act break comes down in like Louis. <laughs> well, yeah. like Louis Skolnick after he got laid. Like blowing like smoke rings out of a out of a and cigar. His dad and dad goes way to go, Tiger. Oof. That's our son, break. son, can I have a word with you? Yes, father. <laughs> Want you to go upstairs? No. Why don't you tear that pussy up? No. <laughs> <laughs> My <laughs> specimens. You hit, you just mixed me. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I'm just talking to Nerdlinger. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Through your pants? <laughs> You did it again. <laughs> I'm covered in jizz. All right. That's it. So the parents sign the contract to give him away right. to Chi Fung and act break. We'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. How do you get shirts so clean, Mr. Lee? Ancient Chinese secret. My husband, some hotshot. Here's his ancient Chinese secret. Calgon. Calgon's two water softeners soften wash water so detergents clean better. In hardest water, Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to 30% cleaner. We need more Calgon. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to 30% cleaner. <sighs> that was a real ad that played all the time. And we're depressed. Yes. And we're also back. Yeah. You know what? It's it's better than the uh, than the Kool Aid ad that you had looked at before. Uh, yeah, I I found. We, boy, you think that's a racist ad? You should have heard the Kool Aid ad. Nope, I don't want to. All right, guys, let's finish this one up. Okay, so uh, Chi Fung is talking about how they have to go back to Clack, the capital city. For the seven day, seven or nine day coronation, and blah blah blah. Does it even matter? No. And um, Nerdlinger is talking about how, eh, I guess I can do that. Like now, he just turns into an insufferable prick. And uh, now he wants a Seymour wants a twink or Seymour Lama wants a twinkie. twinkie. And he's doing all this shit that it's like he's a little king, and it's like there's no none of this. Not what. A llama would do. That is not a, you know, when you think of the Dalai Lama. Yeah, no. no. And none of this is earned, and none of this is funny. But the setup is that he, they're going to go back to this city. He's going to do this festival, and then he's going to be sacrificed into a volcano, right? Oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that know, part. I didn't know if he was going to be sacrificed into the volcano. But something's going to be sacrificed. Somebody is going to be sacrificed into the volcano. Well, there he makes the slave eat. He makes his concubine eat his dad's Willie Mays card. And then he says he wants the volcano plugged up. But before you do, throw in all One last sacrifice. His, my dad. dad's, his dad's baseball, baseball cards. cards. Um, 
And then he also wants the uh, the Himalayas to be wired. wired for sound and cable. Sound and the cable? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. That's what exactly what he did. Yep. And so stereo, you know, quad, quad sound. Yeah. Oh, he, and then he, we get to see the scimitar again because, of course, of, we paid for yeah, it. Yeah, because <laughs> we paid two dollars for yeah. it. <laughs> And it is at this point where I just write this episode is a Stefan sketch. This place has everything. It's scimitars. <laughs> scimitars, <laughs> jewels, yak droppings, and TV divine stand- dressed as <laughs> <laughs> divine dressed as general so. <laughs> um so they made one joke. That I I understand was probably the funniest joke on the page, and it was the funniest joke in the episode. That does not make it a funny joke, but the dad turns to Chi Fung and he goes, have you guys ever thought about democracy? And Chi Fung turns to him and says, after meeting your son, yes. That that was uh, a good bit of writing right yeah, there. Yeah, it's a good joke. All right. <laughs> We're we're barreling towards the end, so let's let's. At least it wasn't racist, okay? Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. So they're gonna get everything done. The papers are signed. Um, JD Roth is, uh, aka Seymour, is now sleeping, um, and and uh, he and it's like, all right, just have to go make that collect call to uh, get everything set up. I wonder if I can make it before the. Oh God, what was it the. 11 o'clock flight. The 11 o'clock news. So yeah, the 11 o'clock it on news. The news. And then he takes out a fucking hourglass. Did you guys notice that all the yeah. sand was at the bottom? So yes, of course I did. Um, and so he goes over and, and he um, he uses their phone, uh, a collect call, of course. And so can I make a call to uh, Lopu? No, it's not a neighborhood. No, further east. No, further. Further. Yep. It's really funny. Oh yeah, I you, I was beside myself. Listener, you know how laughter. you were just laughing at what Matt did? <laughs> <laughs> it's that funny. <laughs> that was obviously not a comment at you, Maddie. It's too late. <laughs> Feelings <laughs> hurt. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can with what I have. Yeah. You um, which is <laughs> impossible. So he makes this phone call and he's like Two five five Daffodil Lane. Uh, no, it's two five four Daffodil Lane. Two five four. Two five four Daffodil Lane. Yes. Okay. Hangs Goodbye. the phone up. Start walks over. Uh, Madam Wu. Two five four Daffodil Lane. He she says- st- she stops sucking Nerdlinger's dick for a second. Huh? What? What he says is, "Din din, screw up." <laughs> I know because I wrote it down. He also din said, "Din din, screw up." Hey hey, wrong house. Hey hey, wrong house. Din din, screw up. Oh Jesus! <sighs> so they leave. They gather up almost all of their stuff. You know, I mean, like Seymour's still wearing his fucking robe. Right. That w- one of them was wearing a robe. I don't even know if they took their jewels. 
they just get what was convenient for them to pick up at the moment Mm -hmm. and they leave and so the parents now start walking toward seymour as he wakes up and he's like hey what's up numb nuts you guys gonna go make me a sandwich and like i swear the dad starts punching his hand and the mom like pulled out like a pair of scissors or whatever and she goes is his insurance paid up and the dad says for the next two weeks he's gonna be in intensive care end (laughs) of episode this this episode wanted to be airplane so badly so i i in my notes i wanted to write down but i didn't write down that this is a joke that I've already heard before, and I just realized that this episode answers the question, what if we took the first five minutes of Life of Brian <laughs> and made it a 20-minute show? Yeah. Because this is exactly what happens in the first five minutes of Life of Brian. The star that indicates Jesus' birth is over the wrong place. Mm -hmm. So all the wise men go and they present all the gifts and then they leave and realize the star is across the street. They come back in, knock everybody over, (laughs) take the gifts and leave. Yeah. That's this. Yes. This is also the, um, this is also the joke of the woman that comes up to the guy at the bar and it's like Hank Henderson and starts kissing him and buying him drinks. And, uh, the guy goes, I don't know who Hank Henderson is, but if you ever see him, thank him for me. Yeah. Like, that's this joke. Mm-hmm. And it's, Python did it best and shortest mm-hmm. and doesn't need to be done again. The episode has zero scares, uh, has zero anything to do with transmission or tr- Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, I don't I mean, know why this is this is an episode of this show. Because there's a pirate bar that is in <laughs> the s- Silver Springs, Maryland. And the, the it's in a business district. You can't put a you They're have not to- doing any lunch business. No, they're barely and, doing any business at all. That's why they're almost a million dollars. Right. And in so bed. John tries to make them into something that they can get lunch business at, but then but then uh, she freaks out. Head pirate lady like does not want it to be the a corporate place. The first night that they do this. I mean, they stack the deck, sure. But this place is like, you can see how there could be money. Because they were like, happy hour, 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock is where they had had apps. Everything looked good. Yeah. Yeah, it did. How many months later did it go back to being a pirate? I thought it was two weeks later. Oh, was it it two weeks? I thought it was like two weeks later they went back to the, the pirate theme. The guy who was like... If this is a child's <laughs> cubby, I have no idea. You mean Ringo Starr? <laughs> <laughs> My name's Ringo. I play drums. <laughs> I also do pirate stuff. <laughs> now it's kind of like all the Beatles all at once. <laughs> all the Beatles done poorly all at once. <laughs> Mo, I just have the old patch over me eye because I'm actually missing me eye. <laughs> and he is. This, this fucking yeah, guy. Yeah, this poor guy. And in the in this episode, in the part where they have business, he, for the first time in his life, is making money as a server. Yeah, yeah. And this he's doing a good job. Fucking idiot. Yeah. 
goes, nah, nah, we're good. No, it's a pirate's bar. It needs to. It's. It needs to. Don't have you our just wish you were serving grog right now? Yes, actual line from the episode. Like these bartenders yeah, just go for are seeing, right and and it blew my mind that the person. I mean, how, how did how did he even get called to this place? How did they how did they find out about this place, and and say like, hey, we're gonna do you guys? Don't they have to be like? Called? I think they have to be on board. I'm, I'm sure she was on board. She said, "Yes, I, I need help. I'm living in the basement." She sat yeah. down with him, and, and then I live at my as mom's. Soon, yeah. As soon as he came in, investigated a little bit, she undermined him at every step, at every turn. And what what was really sad was like the one guy that you were talking about, and and a lot of the other people that were on board. Mm-hmm. We're like, I, I I think we can do this. Yeah. And then she was just like, I can't believe this. This sucks. This food, like whatever. No one wants to eat this. Where's McGrog? Like it was yeah. it it was so hard. Where's McGrog? <laughs> well, the thing was, it was like she was in business before. Yeah. So like these had to be in her mind, her coworkers who didn't understand her. And now she's serving them. But it was like she was very anti-establishment. Like she like, you're a million dollars in she was. She was. This a episode lunatic. should not. No, no. This episode of our podcast should not be this long. We need to wrap this. Okay. Up. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Scale of one to ten, how many episodes or how many uh, glasses of grog would you give this episode? Two. One and a half. One. I give it two because divine. Yeah. Divine's tongue in cheek wink performance. Yeah. Although of so over the top and wrong kept me in it instead of like you know what we can probably just skip this episode yeah um it was so awful it was good the only reason i did not pull a stopper on this one is because i suspect having just looked at the ratings on imdb uh that we might need it for we another one the final the episode of this season uh the penultimate episode the so penultimate episode. yes so the one before second to last episode is uh all right. I, think is, um, is I don't even think we need to go to the writer's room. No. Don't no. write this episode. No. Uh, it's already been written, and it's called The First Five Minutes of Life of Brian. Yes. Uh, this week's winner of the Dark Side Guess is... Congratulations to Ross Smith for his Dark Side Guess. Trouble in Tibet when the Dalai Lama is given a genre-spanning mix disc of metal tunes. After meditating to ear-shredding licks by Yngwie Malmsteen in Dragon Force, the spiritual leader becomes convinced he is the reincarnation of Seymour Duncan. Unorthodox changes to his daily life ensue, including but not limited to an all-black dress code and sweet-picking practice after morning prayer. What will become of this flock who generally prefer, you know... If you would like to participate in the Dark Side Guests, you need to be following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tea from the dark side. Um, please, if you enjoy these episodes, share them on your social media of choice. Give us a review on iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram at tea from the dark side or on Twitter at tftdspod. Um, did I forget anything? Uh, weren't we going to try to enjoy some? For the daylight. Oh, it's the daylight. Yeah. Oh, let's try to enjoy the daylight. The daylight. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hansen, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side. And on Twitter at TFTBS Pod. Email us at T from the Dark Side at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.